tight. I'm sitting here in traffic on the Queensboro Bridge tonight. But I don't care cause all I want to do is cash my check and drive right home to you. Cause baby all my life I will be driving home to you. All right, all right. All right. Welcome, Talk King of Queens Universe, to podcast episode number 14. And today we're covering the episode called Dog Days. Coon Dog, your nickname for a dog? Are you a dog person? Yes. Really? That's surprising because. Uh, I've known you for quite a while now, <laughs> and uh, it's something. If you had to choose between a dog and a cat, what would you choose? Yes. <laughs> oh boy, Jelly Bean! I know you started out as a cat person. I know you're probably not buying Josh Coon's uh, explanation over there, but uh, how? I know that you also may have changed your mind from a cat person to a dog person. Are you now a dog person? Yeah, so I grew up as a kid with a little kitty cat, but now that I'm a grown man, I got me a couple puppy dogs that I love. And I'll say this about the coon dog, though. I've only known two men that have that own multiple cats. One of them is the coon dog, and the other one is my brother. So those are the two people. I, those are the two big cat people I have in my life, A-Town, but I love both of them. So Josh Coon, one more time, are you a dog person or a cat person? Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it. Josh Coon is on soundboard today, and it looks like we'll only get one word out of him, which is yes. But yes, we're glad that you guys are joining us here today. Um, last week, though, uh, in my haste to put this episode together, I forgot to talk about a big American pastime and probably an even bigger Doug Heffernan pastime. The Super Bowl, we just kind of glossed over it. Um, kind of like, I guess, the Buccaneers glossed over the Chiefs, if you look at it like that. So I know for me, personally, I sat down, and uh, in Heffernan fashion, I had a new chip each quarter. I went with Tostito Scoops in the first, Tostitos Guacamole in the second, third, I went with nachos, uh, and then fourth, I went with some baked barbecue chips. Uh, Coon Dog, do you have any kind of favorite food for the Super Bowl that you like to have while the big game's on? Man, you know, the last few years I've, I've gotten into the whole uh, buffalo chicken dip thing. I'm a big fan of that stuff. This particular Super Bowl, I kept it simple and I enjoyed um, I enjoyed some bacon-wrapped little smoky things, like a like – a, like a pig in a blanket, but it's a pig in a pig. Um, <laughs> That's a new one on me. I... Those were, they were really good. My friend, uh, my friend made some of those, and then we brought bought some brought some sausage balls over. We had a uh, somebody with uh, an allergy, so we did some gluten free sausage balls that were as good as as gluten sausage balls. And I enjoyed some beer with that, and then I washed it all down with a chocolate milkshake on the way home. Dang, living large, man. Somewhere old Doug Heffernan is pretty jealous about all that. Uh, I think he would probably be a little annoyed with the gluten aspect, but if it was good, 
uh, he might not mind it. Jelly Bean, what about you? You got any Super Bowl traditions or foods you got to have? Well, buddy, I'd like to stick to the to the basics. I just usually just watch the game. Other than that, I don't really have anything specific. I like what you did with the chips, though. Uh, you know, I don't. I can't think anything better than debuting a chip each quarter. And really, there's no better way to entertain, in my opinion. So, I, I think I, you nailed it. I agree, man. And uh, I can only imagine what Kevin in real life did for the Super Bowl. I'm guessing he's at his new $14 million vacation mansion pre-gaming listening to a little talking of Queens uh, and then he invited Richie Spence and Deacon over uh, to hang out. But uh, at least that's what I hope he did uh, somewhere deep down. I hope that that's what happened. But before we jump into today's episode, let's get through a little housekeeping. We don't have a whole lot today. Um, but first I wanted to mention that last week we entertained the idea of a watch along episode and we're putting that question to social media eventually i don't know if it's out there yet or not but reach out to us let us know what you think if you'd like to entertain that idea um and if you have an episode recommendation or, or maybe just a kevin james movie recommendation i'm partial to paul blart mall cop but i'm partial to number two it's a little bit better than number one so if you've got any thoughts um votes and let us know and while you're there invite your friends your parents your grandparents your pets whoever um, help us grow the show help us meet kevin james and help coon dog grow his circle of friends um, that's still really important to us i think right now the circle is just coon dog and stephanie from baltimore who we haven't heard from in a while um, may have been a fake person but anyway now let's get to everybody's favorite segment a jib jab with jelly bean. A jib jab with jelly bean. Jelly bean, are you ready? Yes, sir. First question Danielle from Tampa Bay wants to know Jelly bean, what do you think living to the Heffernans would be like? Like living with them? No, living next to them. Sorry. Oh, next to them. Gotcha. Living next to them. So living next to them would be great. You'd have to be careful. Arthur's always going to get you caught up into one of his schemes, and it's probably going to cost you some money or set you back in some kind of way. So you got to be real careful there. Um, obviously, Doug's going to be really fun to hang out with, but you're probably going to put on a few pounds. You're going to end up, um, you know, eating a few more chicken wings and a little few more cheeseburgers and, and uh, drinking a few more beers, but that's okay. And then uh, I think Carrie would be sweet to live next to. You probably might be walking on eggshells every once in a while. Oh, yeah. She could uh, definitely be jumping on you if she didn't like what was going on or what you were up to. So, I, yeah, I don't know if it'd be great for my health and long-term well-being, A-Town, but it sure would be a lot of fun. I, I agree with that. Josh, can you, do you concur? Yeah, I can't really uh, rebut that. That's a pretty spot-on analysis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's tough. It's tough to, to say otherwise. All right, next question. Mary Beth from Phoenix City, Alabama, wants to know, Jelly Bean, have you ever been set up on a date like Spence was a few episodes back? <laughs> You know, A-Town, I think this is my problem. As as the audience knows, I'm a single man, and I think this is why. I've never gone over to a barbecue, and there's just been, you know, that other couple and some random woman there that I've been fixed up with, 
And therefore, to this day, I'm still single. So to all the listeners out there, if you want to ever have a barbecue and bring me over and just have a really attractive woman with all the right qualities, I'm, I'm ready to go. Let's let's have a little fixer upper. Jelly Bean is is hands down Buford's most eligible bachelor. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Razzleton's well, finest right here. <laughs> to that one female listener we might have, we hope you're single. Because uh, Jelly Bean is too. <laughs> and then finally, Jordan from Atlanta has two questions. First, CD, why does it take so long to get more content? And he had a little few expletives in there that I had to remove, but you get the point. Well, you know, I am glad that that our listeners are eager for content. Uh, there's no need to get to get hostile about it, but. Um, <laughs> So, you know, we just started back doing the podcast a week or two ago, and uh, we needed to get a couple of episodes content uh, recorded so that we have a buffer here and and we don't we don't delay. Uh, we don't miss a week. So that's that's kind of the thought process behind that. Yeah, I mean, Jordan, I just hope you don't catch his anger because uh, right now he's focused on uh, Jelly Bean. But uh, I just putting it out there. He's he's constantly texting and asking me these questions and then part two of his question is jelly bean are you ever going to crawl out of your hole and debate me hashtag not a family show you know what it might be coming up on time you know i might have to get on this tweeter and see what this jordan from atl's got to say he seems very angry coming across the computer so maybe i can help him out a little bit a town you know help him simmer down feel good about himself put him in a happy place that's my goal i mean i would i would hope he'd be in a happy place but you know some of these texts i'm getting i'm, I'm a little worried <laughs> you know i think this whole quarantine thing maybe has gotten to him and uh he's taking it out on on us so uh We'll have to figure that one out for sure. Well, that's been all for Jib Jab with Jelly Bean. Now let's get to today's episode, Dog Days. This episode initially aired on January 18th, 1999 and received a 7.8 rating from IMDb respondents. The episode begins with Douglas on the living room couch and Arthur staring out the window. Apparently, we got some new neighbors moving in, and Arthur is fascinated. He wants to get a good look at them. He says, oh, yeah, there they are, gay couple, big strapping fellas. Douglas says, no, those are the movers. Gay movers, huh? Everybody's got to give it these days. <laughs> I love that. Love that quote from Arthur. CD, what do you look for when new neighbors move in? Do you provide a welcome gift? You know, I, I'd be lying if I said I've, I've been a big uh, welcoming person as a neighbor. Um, but, you know, I don't think I've ever received a neighborly gift either. I was recently the new neighbor, and I didn't get squat from anybody. So, you know. Isn't, isn't everybody in your neighborhood new, though? Isn't it a new neighborhood? <laughs> <laughs> it's a fair point. <laughs> Dang. Jelly Bean just... It channeling his inner Jordan right there. Oh. Slam dunking on Josh Coon. <laughs> oh, but Josh Coon, do you at least scope out when new neighbors move in? Are you like kind of staring them and trying to figure out what they're all about? Yeah, I mean, you, you got to do that. You got to you got to make sure you're not gonna have any uh, 
any troublemaking neighbors for various reasons. Um, you gotta, yeah, you gotta, gotta do your, uh, your recon. Yeah, I think, I think that's probably about right. So, um, well, anyway, Doug's trying to read the paper while this is happening. Arthur standing over his shoulder and trying to read along. He's even trying to move the page when he's done with something. This just is not working out. So to pacify him, Douglas gives Arthur the funny papers, which turns out to be a big mistake. Um, and that's it for the entrance. There's nothing nothing left after that cold open right there. Jellybean, what do you think about that? Last week we didn't get one, and this week that's all? Uh, I enjoyed it. I like how Arthur thought the movers were a gay couple. It really, really had me laughing right off the bat. So I got to give him an attaboy for that intro. Josh Coon, looks like you got something to say here. Yeah, I noticed that um, the paper that Doug is reading, the headline is Clinton Needs Miracle to Duck Impeachment. That's quite the coincidence. That's a that's a fun fact right there. Um, I, I I thought I noticed that too, and I thought it said something like Clinton's Hell Week or something. But uh, it, it might have been, I think there might have been a couple of different papers he read in this episode, and it, and it might have been later on that the impeachment one was there but it definitely happened somewhere huh. subliminal messaging trying to corrupt king of queens viewers even back then so after another terrible intro still hate that and uh yes it's still a train not a truck that we're in we're back after a commercial break arthur turns out he's loving the funny papers he's he's laughing out loud um, but he notices one particular comic called peanuts written by charles schultz and it turns out Arthur grew up with the Charlie Schultz. He wonders if it's the same fella. Coondog, I, I know we got a lot of younger listeners out there. What can you tell our listeners about Peanuts and Charlie Schultz? Well, Peanuts is a comic strip that ran from October 2nd, 1950 <laughs> to February 13th, 2000. And it had some, uh, some cartoon specials that went along with it. I don't know much about the cartoon specials, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, my understanding is many of the characters were inspired by real events and real people, but I think it's safe to say Arthur Spooner was not one of those because Arthur Spooner is fictional. Well, wait so, a minute. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Um, and a fun fact, Charles Schultz died one day before his final comic strip appeared. Dang. That was a fact. I don't know how fun that was, but that was definitely a fact. Thank you for that, uh, Coondog. Well, as Arthur's reading Peanuts here, he's coming to a realization. This Charlie Brown character is familiar because it's him. Uh, the bulbous head, the zigzag shirt. He was bald. And apparently Arthur was bald until he was 12 years old. Uh, so Arthur's not too happy here. Uh, he says he's going to get to the bottom of this. And he storms off pretty determined. But before he can get out of the living room, he runs into Carrie and he asks her which cartoon character reminds her of him. And he tells Douglas not to tell her. And she says, uh, Ziggy. Coondog, who is Ziggy? I don't know too much about Ziggy, but it's another American cartoon series. It was created by Tom Wilson. I do know that. <laughs> um, based on what I could tell, Ziggy might have, may or may not have been more of a heavyset cartoon. So maybe that's what uh, Carrie was going for. Billy Bean, have you ever heard the phrase Ziggy before? 
I knew it was some kind of comic character, but don't know anything else about it. And I do say Coondog so far has been pretty on point. He's been it's, pretty on point. It's taken him 13 episodes, so it's it's about time. But I feel like the Coondog's hitting his stride. He seems to be. He seems to be. But I wonder if old Jay Peterman's unhappy with the Ziggy comments. Anyway, Arthur looks at the character and yells, oh, my God, <laughs> what the hell is happening here? And he storms off. I guess he thinks Ziggy's based off of him, too. Um, and Carrie has a good line. She says, did you give him sugar? Which just kind of cracks me up. So Carrie turns to the window to look at the new neighbors. Everybody's snooping and scoping out and doing some recon to try to figure out what's going on. But instead, she spots the movers and asks Doug, can they come over and move something? Douglas says, relax, they're gay, <laughs> which is a pretty good line there. Uh, the Heffernans contemplate what the neighbors might be like and what the next appropriate move is. Should they go over? Maybe not. They don't want to be too friendly. But Jellybean, when you moved in, did your neighbors greet you? And if so, so did go ahead. So I have a similar experience to the coon dog. I just oh, recently moved into a new neighborhood as well. So I moved in back in March. And you know, we all greeted each other. We got all hung out, got to got to know each other a little bit. Uh so maybe the maybe the exact opposite of what the coon dog's going through right now. Wow. Well, did you try to borrow anything after that? So no, I mean I didn't there's not anything I know of that I would need it to borrow, but if there was, yeah, if there was something going on or something I needed, then sure. Like we definitely had some barbecues and stuff like that. We drink some beers hey. and hang out in the, you know, on the back porch, stuff like that. It's a good time. That, that actually sounds pretty fun. Josh, Josh Coon, maybe be a little bit more social next time. Um, you, good things can happen when you open. Well, open we are door. in the middle of a pandemic, so. <laughs> I moved in and I moved in in March when it was the pandemic at its peak and everybody was freaking out. So I've been in this pandemic neighborhood this whole time, coon dog. So what you're saying is you're you're contributing to the problem. You're part of the problem, not the solution. Hey guys, this ain't no pandemic <laughs> podcast. This is to get us out of the pandemic. <laughs> well, what I, my message to coon dog is if we want to expand the circle. We got to get him out there in this neighborhood talking to people, you know. We got to we got to get him out there living life, a town. That's 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 a pretty fair point. Um, pretty fair point. So Carrie spots the couch um, as the movers are bringing it in, which is important. She says because it will tell them something about their neighbors. It's white leather, and she shows her disgust. But Doug, on the other hand, doesn't pick up on this, and he says, "Yeah." It's very nice, <laughs> which kind of cracked me up. Uh, they continue watching the movers bring things in and realize, uh-oh, the neighbors have a dog. I wonder if that's what this episode's about. Next scene, we see Doug and Carrie trying to go to sleep, but a barking dog is keeping them awake. I wonder if it's the, yep, it's the neighbor's dog. And apparently this has been going for on for a while already, uh, ever since they moved in. Carrie... You know, she's, she's one for confrontation. So she's decides she's going to go over and knock on the door. And, and Doug says, you can't do that. It's one in the morning. You'll wake them up. And Carrie responds, oh, gee, I wouldn't want to wake the neighbors. Coon Dog, what would you do in this spot? You like Carrie's approach or Doug's? I'm with Doug. You got to, you know, brand new neighbors, you got to give them the benefit of the doubt for one night. I would be 
uh, grabbing some of my earplugs, my orange earplugs, and I'll be just trying to wait out the night and I'd go talk to him the next day. Now, I can't wait to, for Pinson to tell me why I'm wrong. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so I'm with the coon dog. It wouldn't bother me. I usually have a lot of background noise going on. I do like the little rain sounds and have podcasts going. I like to have a lot of noise going on. So the outside noise doesn't, doesn't wake me up. So this wouldn't bother me at all. I mean, personally, I fall asleep to King of Queens every night, but that's just me. So um, Douglas begs Carrie not to go over there. But when she's this mad, she because when she's this mad, she charges like a rhino and it's very scary, which I can kind of see in her eyes. Doug says tomorrow morning they'll go over there and they'll bring it up nicely. And after all, they have to deal with these people all the time. It's better to be nice, kill them with kindness. As they get back into bed, Doug says, well, they can't sleep. They could take advantage of this and dot, 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 go to a diner, <laughs> which is just hilarious to me. Carrie's not very happy about that comment. She thought she was going to get some loving. Next morning, we see Doug eating cereal at the breakfast table, and Arthur comes in and says he's got proof that Charlie Brown is based on his life. Look at this. Schultz actually had the gall to give Charlie Brown's dog his name. Snoopy? Right. My last name is Spooner. Switch the P and the N. What do you get? Snooper? Yeah. <laughs> Take the ER and change it to a Y. Then tell me what you get. Spoony? The N and the P are still switched. <laughs> This goes on and on and on. And uh, eventually Doug caves and says, all right, you get Snoopy. And Arthur says, I'm not crazy. And heads back to the basement. Jellybean, it's quite elaborate. What are you thinking of Arthur? Arthur's thought process here? Kind of goes back to the jib-jab question, A-Town. Just being around Art, you're going to get sucked into some things, and he's going to make you think about things you don't want to think about and would never think about. Um, yeah, he, he definitely took – this is a big stretch right here by Art, but uh, it was a pretty funny scene, and I enjoyed it. And <laughs> just how he never could get him to say – how he couldn't get the letters right just had me cracking up. That was that was very, very funny. Um, I, and – I didn't even go through the whole scene because it's that outrageous, but it is funny. Um, Carrie makes her way to the kitchen after Arthur's gone and says to Doug, let's do this. She is on a mission. So they march over to the neighbor's door. Doug says he's going to handle this. And Carrie says, well, yeah, but handle it. And they ring the doorbell with a very classic long ridiculous doorbell that's very familiar to everybody josh coon do you remember that doorbell chime back in the day yeah that, that was that cracked me up because that's so that's so annoying when you go when that's what you get when you hit that button that's so relatable oh man at my house growing up you might remember this we actually had chimes that played that song and uh <laughs> somebody hit the doorbell it was like god I don't want to hear this whole thing. Hmm. So the neighbor opens the door and look who it is. Hey, I got a, I got a, I got a fun fact for you right here. A lot of people don't know this, but the guy that opened this door is named Brian Cranston, and he played Walter White on Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what what show is what what show is he uh, Walter White on? 
it was called Breaking Bad. It was on AMC. Would is that something for somebody that's never watched it? Would you recommend it? Or yeah, would I would recommend it. it. It didn't do very good, but it's a pretty solid show. <laughs> you give it a shot. But but how does it compare to The Wire? Uh, <laughs> in all seriousness, yeah, it's way better. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i was actually gonna pull the same stunt old josh coon but you beat me to it so oh, my yes, bad, it is mr brian cranston walter white himself i'm so glad we're finally here because we kind of all remember him being the neighbor for many 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 years um and so the first thing he says when he looks he at also Doug, played uh, he also played tim in another show he played tim watley on seinfeld a lot of people probably do know that too would you recommend the Seinfeld show and where does it stay? <laughs> Seinfeld is another one that flew under the radar. It's worth a watch, though. Oh, boy. So <laughs> Tim looks at Doug, who's wearing his IPS uniform, and he says, oh, so you guys deliver women now, huh? <laughs> Which, uh, Doug doesn't get immediately, but I thought it was hysterical. It was, a, a, it was almost a Tim Watley joke, to be honest. Uh, he, he invites the Heffernans in where they officially meet Tim and Dorothy Saxke. And I got to be honest, I don't know how to spell that last name. So I just spelt it as Sack with a sky at the end because that's how Doug references it earlier in the episode. So everyone sits down at the couch to have a pleasant introductory conversation. Dorothy's excited to have friendly neighbors and after some awkward conversation, which Josh Kuhn knows is my personal favorite, Carrie reminds Doug uh, that he wanted to ask Tim, Tim and Dorothy about something, their dog. And it turns out Stanley's the dog's name. Doug broaches the topic by, wanted, by saying, I just wanted to mention, and it's so not a big deal, but his barking, although faint, occasionally wakes us up, but not even really fully up. Jellybean, what are you thinking about Doug's approach here? Um, I, I like Doug's. <laughs> I like Doug's style. He definitely doesn't like confrontation. He's trying to avoid it at all costs, and it's it's pretty fun to watch. <laughs> Josh Coon, do you think I would be like Doug in this situation, or <laughs> I don't think you'd make it over there. <laughs> <laughs> That is probably the truest statement of the day. Um, so Carrie uh, is trying to give Doug the cojones that he's missing here. She says that Stanley has been barking every night since they moved in. Well, Tim and Dorothy, they're, they're pretty dismayed by this. They're upset. Um, they, they just they felt like the Heffernans should have told them sooner. They say they're, they're sorry. He just needs a nice long walk before he goes to bed and that this won't happen again. Uh, they tell Doug not to worry about this confrontation. This is just friendly communication. It's all about what neighbors are for. They tell Doug and Carrie not to be strangers. And then after that good scene, although Josh Kuhn might want to keep us here for a second. Well, I, I just, uh, there's a really good line in there that I like where uh, when they're walking out the door and Doug tries to make an awkward joke and he's like, well, see you by the garbage cans. <laughs> that was that was pretty good i forgot about that well that was pretty good so we fast forward from the pleasant conversation to the neighbor from the neighbors uh to arthur sitting at the kitchen table 
with a 1980s calculator that actually prints out the numbers and the equations, which I love, uh, and several VHS cassettes. CD, again, we have a lot of young listeners out there. Can you explain what a VHS is and maybe what it stands for? VHS is a primitive uh, media format for videos, movies, home movies, that sort of thing. It stands for video home system. You think it's it would you think they would call it HVS, like home video system, but it's video oh. home system. Another interesting fact. Love it, Coon Dog. You're on a roll today. Uh, Carrie comes home and sees Arthur at the table and asks, "What's cooking?" Arthur says. This peanut thing goes farther than he imagined. Books, merchandise, videos. Carrie asks if this is going to be like the last time when Arthur thought his image was being used for the Gordon Fisherman, which is funny. Arthur says, should I go put on my red coat and boots? Should we go through that again? And Carrie says, no, I remember my sweet 16 party very well. Jellybean, what did you do for your Sweet 16 party? So I don't know if you guys remember, but the only thing I remember about being 16 is on that day, your mom or dad comes to school to check you out. You leave drop riding with them for the last time. You go take that driver's test, and then you come back driving, driving your own car, you know, for the first time ever. And then you just feel like a hundred bucks going back into school with your own car. Like now all of a sudden, look at me, I'm a man, I'm going to do something. <laughs> that was my experience at 16, a town. Uh, Coon dog had a summer birthday, so it would have been different from him. What about you? Did you have that same experience? Man, I remember getting my test being super paranoid about doing the three point turn. Cause I heard if you ran off the road, it was automatic fail, and I had you paranoid. A... No way. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Spence inside of me was just taken full over, um, and so I actually made it in five points, but she didn't fail me. So uh, I, I, I kept driving, although Josh Coon would disagree that what I do is called driving because uh, we disagree about rules of the road. Because uh, um, yeah, yeah, it was common knowledge that. If you came off the road, you're right, you would automatically fail, but you could also, like you said, do as many points as you wanted to. Yeah. That would be really stressful, though, if you had to do it in three. So I'm oh, glad yeah. that uh, they didn't hold us to that because that definitely <laughs> would have been tough. So, Josh Coon, I'm going to ask you a driving-related question since we're on this topic. When you're parking on a hill, up a hill, which way do you turn your wheels? Um... You turn them. Hold on. You turn them <laughs> away from the curb. Yep, that's it. And then we were parking downhill. Into the curb. Yeah. I always just said up and away, down and in. That was like the one, one of the biggest parts of the test that I remember thinking, I'm going to pass this part. So anyway, uh, after Arthur goes back to the basement, Carrie greets Douglas in the living room. He's found a gift basket on the front porch from the neighbor neighbors. What a classy touch there. They've spelled out each part of neighbor for the Heffernans. So they, I'm not going to do it, but they go through N, E, I, they go through it all. I kind of want to do that. I kind of want to do that with a neighbor just to mess with them and see how weird <laughs> they think I am. Just don't tell them who it's from. Just write, just write neighbor. It's 
that would be pretty good. I would, I would love to see that. That would be great. Um, so this is great news, guys. Crisis has been averted. Communication worked. Episode over. Talking of Queen's Universe, it was glad to... Oh, nope. The episode's not over. Sorry. We go to that night, and poor Stanley, well, he's barking again. A restless Carrie and Doug are very, very unhappy and very, very sleepy. Carrie tells Doug to call 911, tell them there are two dead victims next door, and she'll handle the rest. Looks like the rhino's coming. Doug tells Carrie not to go over there and uh, says he's going to go over there and deal with it. He tells Carrie he won't be nice. He'll be angry. And she's, she's kind of liking this. She's, she's kind of attracted to it, to be honest. So next scene, we find Doug at the door. Doug uh, knocks on it, or <laughs> it's the ridiculous doorbell. Tim tells him to come in, and he finds Tim working really, really late and very, very stressed. Doug's pretty angry, and he's trying to keep up that anger and momentum. And uh, he has a problem that he and Tim need to deal with right now. And Tim says he's struggling with work, but, but Doug says, you know, the dog, it's still barking. And Tim just can't find time to walk the dog. He's drowning in work, and he's, he's on the brink of having an emotional breakdown here. One's likely to say he might break and go upstairs and make some meth. Just kidding. Um, but right now, pretty much Tim is the marketing department at his company because they let some people off. And as he's talking, Doug's slowly losing his anger and starting to feel bad. Tim goes on to explain that Stanley just needs love and he doesn't know what he's going to do because he doesn't have time to give him love. Next scene, we find Doug walking the cute little Stanley. Josh Coon. What do you think I would have done in this situation if I actually made it over there angry? Do you think I'd end up walking Stanley too? <laughs> I could definitely see that happening. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I could totally see that happening for sure. <laughs> I, I watched this and I'm like, oh, great. That's just that's just me doing exactly what Doug would do here. So um, after that, we pan to Arthur who's on the phone explaining to someone why he is Charlie Brown. And uh, here are the quotes. Point number seven, he frequently fell down while trying to kick field goals. Point number eight, he lost his virginity to a peppermint patty. No, not the candy, Mr. Funny Man. <laughs> Love that, that quote right there. Carrie, uh, she found the wrong time to come up from the basement and bring up the laundry. She asks Arthur who he's speaking to, and he says, one of the partners from your law firm, these bozos wouldn't know a good case if they stepped in it. CD, again, we have a young audience. They're hip, they're cool, they're millennials. <laughs> Who is bozo? Can you explain that to our younger listeners? I'm not sure where you're getting these demographics that we have such a, such a young audience. <laughs> I mean, I think the majority are people about our age. But, uh, I'll humor you, man. Bozo was a clown. Uh supposedly the world's most famous clown, according to the internet, introduced in the 40s, became more popular later in the 20th century. Um, apparently, they, the company used to, I guess the owners of the, of the clown rights used to franchise, franchise it out, which I thought was kind of interesting. But um, I remember most vividly the TV show and 
the, the little game with the ping pong balls where they yeah. had to throw them into the cups. That yeah, the buckets. That was the coolest part of the show for me. I almost That's argue without without Bozo, there's no beer pong. Is uh, is how I see it. Jelly Bean, do you remember great, Bozo? That's the, a great observation. Jelly Bean, do you remember Bozo the Clown? Absolutely. Bozo's great. I'm with you. Bozo's the most famous clown. And uh, what, was the other, what was that other clown in that Seinfeld episode that didn't know Bozo? Eric? Was it Eric the Eric, Clown? It was Eric the Clown. <laughs> I, mean, I was trying to think. It was John Favreau, right? Was, I was think Eric that might have been right. Yeah, that, that's pretty funny. Yeah, that that was an under the radar show with um uh, with Brian Cranston in it. Yeah, that's that's another good show for our younger listeners who might not be aware of Seinfeld. You should check that one out. Um, it's on Hulu for now, and then it'll be on Netflix soon. So um, while uh, Arthur's explaining this, Carrie takes the chance to hang up the phone and heads to the living room, where she runs into Doug, who's who's heading out to the car, and it's got to be about. 9 or 10 p.m. here. Uh, he's checking the tire. <laughs> she asks him what he's doing. And he says, I'm checking the tire pressure. But she says, didn't you do that last night? And uh, Carrie says, do you hear that? Silence. No barking. Uh, and Doug, you know, kind of builds on uh, his tough guy attitude a couple days ago and says he laid down the law, which Carrie again kind of likes. It's like she's attracted to bad, mean, angry boys but but she is uh she says forget about the car and the and come upstairs and check her tire pressure jelly beans what do you think she means by come upstairs and check her tire pressure i don't know a tone i'm not sure what's going on here i was a little confused maybe the coon dog can spell it out for us coon dog what, what's she referring to that's that's over my head brother <laughs> family show family show um well we're not sure what that means um but doug's very interested and he says he'll be up in about 10 minutes and then we find douglas walking stanley again he's trying to help stanley find the perfect spot stanley's just not really finding it i know this story all too well it's almost every night for me where my two dogs just refuse to do what they need to do before they go to bed um, and as Doug's walking and waiting, uh, Carrie uh, runs into him and uh, asks, what are you doing? Doug says, well, I just ran into Stanley out here, but Carrie's not buying it. <laughs> and uh, Doug says, well, I've just been uh, walking Stanley for the exercise and I'm getting pretty cut now. Jelly Bean, are you buying this excuse? Is this the best that Doug's ever come up with? Man, I loved this scene. I love the moment when Gary comes out there and sees Doug with that dog. Goes back to the jib jab. I wouldn't want to be the neighbor at that point after I had Doug, <laughs> Doug walking my dog like that. But yeah, that's funny stuff, A-Town. That was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Well, um, Carrie's not buying this excuse. So she heads straight to the Sackskis. Um, and she drove there, which is kind of funny. So she gets back in her car to, to drive there. And uh, Doug uh, begs for one more chance to try to prevent this. But Carrie says, what are you going to do now? Paint their house or service them sexually? Oh, boy. Um, Doug yells that Dorothy is sick and Tim is under a lot of pressure. He is the marketing department. 
which I really find funny. <laughs> Next, we find Gary at the door waiting for the rather long doorbell that still seems to exist. She's pretty pissed. Uh, Tim and Dorothy greet her with a fake hello, and Carrie's not buying it. She's unhappy. Doug tries to catch up and beat her there, but to no avail. And Carrie's here to lay down the law. She says they should walk the dog, and if not, she'll be back and she won't be in such a good mood. Which begs a really big question, Coon Dog. When is Carrie ever in a good mood? Man, the only times I can think of is when she's shopping or drinking. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a first, that's the first episode I thought of, is our getting drunk every night and when she's happy. Uh, Tim and Dorothy are mad at each other. and They're starting to get into it. Apparently, it's Dorothy's dog uh, because she needed, quote, something to love. Well, the only thing that Tim loves is upstairs in the medicine cabinet. Man, they are just laying all their dirty laundry out there. Uh, Tim says that's it. They're getting rid of the dog, and they're setting it loose on Staten Island, which seems kind of a weird place to, to let it free, but I'm not from New York, so I have no idea. But luckily, that doesn't happen. And next scene, we find Stanley on the bed with a loving Carrie. Roll Tide. Uh, Stanley is now a Heffernan. We end the episode with Douglas reading the paper uh, in the kitchen and Arthur coming up from the basement. He declares that Charlie Schultz is about to get a taste of his own medicine. Arthur is working on his own comic. It's called Beer Nuts. It's about a gang of six-year-olds who hang out at a bar. Jellybean, would you read this? I'm in. I'm all in on this comic book. I can't wait. I would love, I would love to read this. Uh, he shows his work to Douglas. Doug says, well, which one is Schultz? Um, and Arthur says he's the one in the zigzag shirt. But Doug remembered and he said, you know, wasn't that you in the zigzag shirt? And apparently, I guess they all wore zigzag shirts because it was their school uniform. Arthur responds, ah, that's going to hurt my case, isn't it? And boom goes the dynamite. That's the episode. Coondog, what's your rating? Who is your MVP? And what is your favorite quote? I like this episode okay. I'm going to give it 18 chicken wings. My MVP goes to Doug. Doug's awkwardness just owns me all the time. And this was a good good classic episode of, of full of that nonsense. Um, a quote probably... Like I said, man, his awkwardness just owns me. I like the 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 gay movers thing you talked about earlier. Gay movers, huh? everybody's got a gimmick these days. But I'm gonna give it to when he's when they're leaving the Saxkeys the first time, and he goes, "Well, we'll, we'll see it by the garbage cans." <laughs> it doesn't land at all. That's a good one. I like that one. Solid. Jelly Bean, same question to you. All right, A Town. So my favorite, my favorite line is when they go to the door the first time. So Coon like the second time. I like the first time. He says, so you guys deliver women now, huh? He's, <laughs> that just, yeah, that just had me, that just had me laughing. Uh, pretty funny. And then also the moment when Carrie comes around and sees Doug walking the dog, that that's also a really funny moment that I enjoyed. <laughs> and then my MVP of the episode um, boy, I, I really didn't even think about it until right this second, A-Town, but uh, 
I think I'm going to have to give it to to Mr. Brian Cranston um, <laughs> for making his debut into the series. I did enjoy what he brought to the table. And then for Wings, pretty solid, very funny. I enjoyed it. It, it, it was pretty filling, uh, but I'm still, you know, can able to get up and do stuff. So I'm going to give it 22 Wings. Damn. And then um, I also thought of a new segment, A-Town, since – Oh, see, boy. So imagine this. So I'm just rated the episode on how many wings it gets. I want to rate the coon dog on how many wings he would get <laughs> on how he performs during the podcast with his fun facts and his commentary. Um, and I just thought of this because he was so on point today. I got to give him some credit. So if coon dog hadn't eaten anything all day and had to wait until after the podcast to get his, to get his first meal of the day, yeah. you know, right now we're sitting here at 7 30 PM. So we got us a, a hungry coon dog. I'm gonna give him. <laughs> I'm gonna give him 33 wings for supper tonight. Damn. Yeah, he, he did pretty good. Well, good job, coon dog. Um, he ain't gonna be hungry for very long, that's for sure. So I'm gonna say five wings. Um, it was a good appetizer. Felt like it had lots of potential. But I kind of want a full meal, and especially with the ingredients that are out there, you got so many good things happening here. I just wanted a little bit more. I know that they're starting it off, so that's why I'm rating it as an appetizer, but uh, excited for where things go with the Schlatskis. Um, Tim is my MVP, um, even though uh, even though there's some times where it just doesn't come together, he still shines through. Uh, pretty much the whole time, and he proves why he's just a really good actor. I cannot believe that that's the same guy that that's plays Walter White. Um, you know, for you kids that don't know that show, you should check it out. It's pretty good. Um, it, he, he just did a great job. My favorite quote uh, is Arthur saying he lost his virginity to Peppermint Patty and not the candy funny man. <laughs> I just thought that was so good. Um, so it is what it is, and that was a pretty decent episode. But next week, we are covering episode 15, entitled Crappy Birthday. Doug has planned to watch a wrestling match on the same day Carrie turns 30, which I was surprised about. I, I didn't realize Carrie was, was that old already. But So we'll see how that works out for him. But until then, all I can say is, Kevin, maybe you can wait to reach out to us, but we can't. It's time for us to get together in that new mansion and break it down. Let the peanut butter meet the chocolate. I figured that would get Kevin's attention. Let's do this thing. <laughs>